species from all across the quadrant are joining up to fight for the future. And the Priority One fleet is recruiting. Join the official fleet of Priority One Podcast. Join the ranks of brave warriors and officers to build a better quadrant for all. Fight the boar. Fight the undine. Fight the effects of nerve tonic. Fleet services guarantee access to special rewards. Strength in numbers. Together, we can succeed. Never fight alone again. Make allies that will stay with you through thick and thin. You'll be recognized throughout the quadrant as being part of a grander cause. Serving is an honor. Become part of the Priority One fleet. Sign up today. Go the fleet way. Email incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com to join. Fleet Admiralty positions are now open. The Priority One fleet needs you. Join today. Bandwidth for Priority One Podcast is brought to you by Playa Escondida. Ever dreamed of visiting Planet Risa? Well, Playa Escondida is the ultimate beach resort excursion. Visit PlayaEscondida.com to book your ultimate vacation getaway. Command codes verified. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Captains, you're listening to episode 178 of Priority One Podcast, the premier Star Trek online podcast, recorded Thursday, June 12, 2014, live on trekradio.net and available for download or streaming as of Monday, June 16, 2014 at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Cookie. I'm Jace. And I'm Elijah. And in the recording booth is our audio engineer, Skiffy. Kapla. And this week, quite literally, in the audio engineering booth, as he has been trained on how to use Sand Broadcaster here while we record live on Trek Radio. So a big thanks to Skiffy. It's a, it's a great weight off my shoulders to know that, God forbid something happens, Skiffy will be there to take the stream and move on with the show. So thank you so much, Skiffy. Thank you, Jack Attack, David, Lisa from Trek Radio. Uh, very much appreciated. What do we have in store this week, Elijah? Well, Captains, we start the show by trekking out a few interesting Star Trek-related news items that have been trending this week, including official Star Trek beer finally coming to the United States! (laughs) Then, Redditors strike again with an awesome new video compilation that you won't want to miss, and some interesting Trek-to-life developments happening in science. In Star Trek Online news, some end-of-game and quality-of-life patches hit Stow, but generally everyone's on summer vacation and too busy sipping mojitos on the sandy beaches of Risa. In our community segment this week, we spotlight Caspian Rising and interview Fleet Admiral Anthony Battles. And of course, as always, we'll open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming from you, our listeners. 
Captains, we've got two new blogs this week at PriorityOnePodcast.com that you'll want to check out. First, we have a subspace communique from Wesley Garris about the joys of MMOs. Additionally, we welcome the newest member to the Priority One team at Captain underscore Starbuck. And with his first Trek Tech blog, I should have stolen that name before he got it to print, <laughs> we explore the intimidating Aux to Bat build. Check out these blogs and others only on PriorityOnePodcast.com. And lastly, Captains, before we move on with the show, we invite you to keep an eye on our social media platforms like Facebook.com slash PriorityOnePodcast or on Twitter at STOPriorityOne. Well, Captains, let's find out what's been trending in Star Trek news this week. I don't know. Then let's Trek it out. Redditors have done it again, Captains. You know how when we watch Star Trek and there's a battle scene and that scene starts to shake and bodies start to flail around like wacky, waving, inflatable, arm-flailing tube people? Well, if you didn't know, here's what's happening during those scenes. Trek actors are given a scale of 1 to 9, I believe, for the severity of their bodily shakes. So, for instance, a single torpedo hit to the Enterprise with full shields might be a 4. Abandoned ship is, well, a nine. People are throwing themselves around. Sir Patrick Stewart looks like he's got a bad case of hemorrhoids. And Michael Dorn usually ends up on the ground. Well, they're just pantomiming this stuff, folks. The set isn't moving. It's not on hydraulics. Someone behind the camera yells a number and they convulse accordingly. Then, through the magic of post-production, the camera shakes, things start exploding, and you begin to believe as if their environment is really shaking beneath their feet. No, it's all lies. No. And it looks ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> well, Redditors have taken several clips from our beloved franchise and stabilized the video. No camera shake, just convulsing. It's pretty hilarious. Be sure to check it out. Links, of course, will be in the show notes. I cannot remember where I heard this story. I, I want to say it was when Denise Crosby was on the show, Priority One, with us. She was talking to us about how they will. They'll give them a number. They'll yell a number. Okay, this one's a five. And I remember her going on to tell an anecdote where they'd be in a car and, you know, they'd pull up next to one another and then scream four and they'd start shaking in the car. I may totally be destroying this story and I may have heard it in a dream. I don't know where I might have heard it, but... Um, <laughs> But it's uh, it's this. These videos are super funny. There's there's one TOS scene where this one actor just th like he's he's swan diving. It's it's hilarious. It's I hilarious. think I saw that one. Is that the one in the one where in the background a horror is like rolling across yes, the wall? Yes, yes, yes. She yes, looks like yes. she's a ballerina or something. Yeah, she's like, I'm not going down on the ground in this mini skirt. Skirt. Uh uh. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's the one. That's the one. Oh, these were really good. So what else do we have this week? Well, in news that certainly has been all over the web this week, Mark Rodemaker, the designer of our beloved Vesta-class starship. Vesta! The man who brought the Aventine off the pages has collaborated with Advanced Propulsion Theme Lead for the NASA Engineering Directorate, Harold White, to conceptualize a more practical model for the first warp-capable ship. If you follow Mark Rodemaker and his work, you'll know that he leaves no stone unturned when it comes to ship design. On his Flickr account, Yard2380, and no, that's not another assimilated species by the Borg. 
you'll find some more concept art for the IXS Enterprise, as well as other concept art he's created. Listen, Captains, if you call yourself a ship fanatic and you're not following Mark Rodemaker, then you don't know in the cell from a deflector dish. It's true, because, you know, Mark Rodemaker is often unspoken. He's like he's like a Trekker's guilty pleasure. Like, like that's a secret jewel that not many Trek fans know about. Not, not new ones, not old ones. But when they discover them, it's like discovering Green Day's underground name and then suddenly following them to all their smaller little venues that they do, you know, throughout the city. It's just, he's such a talented artist. When James introduced him to me, it really just changed my appreciation for ship design in Star Trek. He, he is a fantastic artist, and you want to follow him. You really want to follow him. He used to post on the STO forums, I believe. I think so. I seem yeah. to recall reading his stuff on there back when they were introducing the Vesta and talking about like some of the uh, physical variations between the different classes of Vesta that were introduced into the game. I remember he was very excited to finally hear that the Vesta was making it into the game and being in talks with Cryptic and, and CBS about what it would take. And to my understanding, he's proud of what uh, of what's made it to the game. And lastly, Captains, probably the most important Trek news trending this week, official Star Trek beer is finally coming to the United States. And it is a Klingon brew. <laughs> Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Praise Kalos! Praise him! For we will have war nog! <laughs> According to an article from Man Cave Daily, Tin Man Brewing of Evanston, Illinois, will be crafting a rye malt with a Dunkelweissen grain bill. That essentially translates to it having a mild banana and clove aroma, which I think I have a bit of a problem with. I was, I guess, for a Klingon beer, I would expect more of a of a heavier IPA. I don't know, more bitter. In any event, I really appreciate the author of the article, Dan Sites, as he remains wittingly skeptical of the beer. He writes, "Tin Man might not have the insane cult of a beer, but it seems to be doing okay on a website like Beer Advocate, pulling an overall solid 3.5 on average." Considering that beer nerds can be very bit as fussy and prone to snide comments and backstabbing as the boards on Memory Alpha, that's fairly impressive. He goes on to write, Secondly, Tin Man is a craft brewery, not a megalo-brewing corporation, and clearly there was something about them that Paramount liked. Now, on a side note, I, I personally think it wasn't Paramount. I think it's, it's CBS that's going to be controlling this type of beer thing. So, anyway, that's beside the point. He goes on to write, There was really no reason they couldn't go to Corona and say, Give us a million dollars and you can slap Captain Kirk's face on every box. So, at the very least, the brewery pulled off an impressive win. We'll see if they can follow up as the beer starts being distributed this year. Captains, we encourage you to check out the article. Again, I pulled uh, some you know, funny and witty excerpts from uh, Dan Seitz's article. But he's right. Uh, you know, CBS, Paramount, whoever it may be, could have gone to any of the major corporations, any of the major uh, distributors, Corona, Budweiser, Miller Lite, whomever, and just, you know, paid them for watered-down crap. But here we have a craft brewery being selected to create a brand for us, a, a Star Trek brand. So I'm really looking forward to this beer. Um, again, like I mentioned earlier, I probably would have expected a more bitter IPA for a Klingon beer not, not a mild and banana clove aroma but 
Nevertheless, I'm really looking forward to trying it. I've been really jealous of uh, our neighbors up north in Canada that have already had things like Vulcan Ale. I can't wait to walk into my local beer place and, and pick one up. Discover something that you think the rest of our listeners would enjoy hearing about? Send them over to us via incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. A big shout out and thanks to Ben Weiss, who is always sending us awesome nuggets of Star Trek news trending throughout the week. Please keep them coming. Well, Captains, let's check out what happened in Star Trek Online News. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. Our first piece of Star Trek Online news is a blog post by Laughing Trendy announcing a duty officer pack promotion. The blog reads, From now until 10 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time on Thursday, July 3rd, when you purchase a Romulan Survivor duty officer pack from the C-Store, a container will be put into your inventory that will contain either 10 Lobi crystals or a Voth Bulwark Dreadnought Cruiser. In addition to a Romulan Survivor Duty Officer pack. So here's the here's the part of the blog that confused me a little bit because it talks about an added bonus for existing owners of a Voth Palisade science ship or a Voth Bastion flight deck cruiser being able to equip the Ward Repair Universal Consoles for a potential three-set bonus. Is, that, that's not new, is it, Jace? No, that's been around since the first time they released the Voth Bulwark Dreadnought. Um... This is analogous to when you have the Jem'Hadar Dreadnought character as an added bonus. If you are an existing owner of a Jem'Hadar attack ship, you get access to purchase the attack ship hangar pets. Uh, so the three-piece set's been around all along, but there's no way to get it unless you get the Bulwark. Why does the blog describe it as one of the most sought-after ships? Uh, a couple reasons. One, it's very rare. All the ships that come from the duty officer packs, like the Tuffley Freighter and the Jem'Hadar attack ship, which has been released that way a couple times, and now the Bulwark Dreadnought, are much harder to get a hold of than even out of a lockbox. So the barrier is a little higher. The Zen cost of the duty officer packs is greater, and they're offered for more limited amounts of time. It's not like you can go on the exchange and, and buy a bunch of these lock boxes that drop this. No, it's the duty officer pack, and that's really the only way to get it. And they're usually only for a few weeks each time they're released. On top of that, it's a very desirable ship as far as what it's capable of in the right hands. I definitely have seen loadouts and uh, parses posted on the STO build subreddit of people exceeding 30k DPS, which is really like the highest of the tiers of reasonably achievable benchmarks. I mean, all that stuff's a little controversial, the DPS parsing and all in ISE, but the Bulwark is really a top tier ship, potentially. I mean, you know, when, when looking at the, the blog, I had never really been interested in the Voth ships when they came out. You know, again, not my cup of tea um, in terms of my immersion. But, you know, the, the, the Voth Battle Cloak, that, that's a pretty handsome reward to have uh, as a three-piece set. Um, and I kind of am digging that Voth Transphasic Chronoton Torpedo. I mean, it, you know, you got your 180-degree bonus. It's got an accuracy, one accuracy modifier, the arc modifier, of course, um, with 40% shield penetration and Chronoton Torpedo. So it's 
and it could be used on any ship. That's the that's a nice little part about it. Yeah, that's actually the last point I was going to make about why it's so sought after because it's one of only two ways currently to get a 180 degree torpedo at all. The other one's a quantum, right? Right, from the region. And that's uh, Fed only. So if you're KDF, the Voth torpedo is the only way to get a 180 torpedo. I wonder when they're going to start adding a few more of those types of torpedoes for at least a Klingon, right? Because right now, then, technically, Federation has two, Klingon and Romulan have one. And uh, very hard to get one. So, Cookie, how's your summer vacation on Risa been, been playing out for you? Oh, it's been awesome. I love the summer event. You know, I haven't done any kind of... Um combat or anything since the summer event started. I haven't I haven't left Ryza, and I love it. Sometimes I just like to relax and I don't want to kill anybody. This just gives me that opportunity. But they did update some things, so I'm going to touch on a few of the updates that were made on Ryza this week. The dance instructor, Horgon collector, power boarder, and aeronologist now have their event times listed, so now the schedule is clear and easy to access. The aeronologist has moved, by the way, now he's in the sand instead of on the lanai, so he's easier to reach. Apparently, walking up the stairs was just too difficult for our rising vacationers. That lady of the night, or whatever you want to call her, is still on the lanai, though, if you want to talk to her. She's always entertaining. The Horgon Hunt event now lasts the full 15 minutes instead of ending one minute early. Good news for people who do this on multiple tunes, which is a really good way to earn more Alolan up favors. They resolved an issue that prevented Vulcans from being able to kick over sandcastles at the spot south of the promenade. The Vulcans were feeling left out, I bet. They must have thought it was illogical to knock over sandcastles at first until they realized that by knocking them down, you can build one of your own. And they wanted to get in on the action. This is all just a theory. I love the Vulcans. Live long and prosper. Also, with this patch, they updated the power board store to not only display larger visuals of each board, if you right click on the selection, a pick will pop up. Because there's been some kind of confusions going on with that. But they also gave you the speed and turn rating. So, all of you who have been wondering if the United Federation of Planets power board was better than all the other superior power boards, it's not. It's the same as the ones that cost a thousand Lolanut favors. I thought maybe it was better since the cost was 1500 but I guess not. That's the licensing fee for putting the Federation logo on there. Swimsuit colors have even more options now. I'm actually really happy with the color choices of the vibrant neon colors. Um, they're my favorite. But now they've expanded the options um, to include black, white, and a range of warm and cool gray colors. Now, if we had those color options with the Ryzen flower belt thing, my summer outfit would be complete. But the, that flower belt has very, very low, dark tones, so I just don't even wear it. And I also wanted to pose a question that I've been wondering about lately. And maybe this has already been answered somewhere, but I couldn't find it online. But why can't you use party popper guns or nerve tonic on Ryza? I'm just curious. I'm not complaining. I love Ryza. I'm happy with everything on it. I'm grateful for all the stuff that it has. It's just that Ryza seems the perfect place to use those items, but you can't at all. So I was just wondering about that, if anybody knows. Although you can use party amplifiers, the disco balls, so that's a lot of fun. Well, for me anyway, some people hate them. I'm not sure why they get so much hate, because they seem harmless to me for the most part, but... I didn't know you couldn't use the party popper guns on Rice. I don't, 
I don't know if I have one. I have a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Cookie covered many of the highlights of this week's release notes. However, there are a few other things, as we mentioned earlier, end of game and quality of life improvements. Which are which, I leave up to the listener. So a couple things were fixed with kit trade-ins. The Romulan Engineering Kit Mark 12 now rewards all Mark 12 modules. The Spire Science Kit uh, now includes a green uncommon biofilter sweep module instead of a white or common one. Uh, both improvements over the way it was before, so that's pretty awesome. I actually have a Romulan Engineering Kit that I need to do trade-in on, so I'm glad I waited. Uh, Undine Space Battle Zone, there are now some special duty officer assignments available there. You can access them from the entrance, and private queues now work for Undine Assault. Now, we get to the tailor. The Vice Admiral Jacket is back in the tailor. Uh, we also had some uh, dignity improvements. Reman females can no longer choose bare skin as an upper option in formal wear. The upper How category. How is that even an option? How did I don't it know. slip by? I don't know. I'm going to serve the pot. I remember last year there was a picture going around that somebody had taken like a, a nudie stove shot. And like, is this what that was? No, this is usually something different. Um, this has to do where like where you would normally see an undershirt, you can choose to display bare skin. I'm sort of spicing it up to make it sound more interesting than it is when I talk about the tailor, um, because this happens on several of them, but you're not supposed to have an option for bare skin on the formal wear or in uh, female armor suits. Uh, there was an issue for a little while where, gosh, I always get this backwards. Uh, I think Cations could have a non-furry chest, like non-furry cleavage, or maybe humans could have furry cleavage. I forget which it was. No. It was backwards. <laughs> they both sound terrible. Yeah, it was very silly. There were some funny screenshots of that, too. Uh, other than that, they fixed a couple clipping issues with upper body builds, and most of the rest was summer event fixes and tweaks and quality of life enhancements down there. There are still the same known issues that we've had week after week with uh, kits getting put into the exchange and not being able to double-click them. But that's really it for release notes. Everybody's having fun in the sun on RISA this week. So, Captains, now it's time to spotlight this week's community fleet, Caspian Rising, with our guest, Fleet Admiral Anthony Battles. Hello, Captains. This episode's community spotlight is a Fleet Admiral interview with Fleet Admiral Black Magnum of Caspian Rising. Anthony, thank you for joining us here today. Hey, thank you for having me. Glad to. So let's kick this off. Tell us a little bit about your fleet, how you got involved with it, and how it got started. Sure, I'd be happy to. Caspian Rising is a diverse and fun group of individuals. <laughs> it, to me, they're like family. And uh, one of our only requirements really is to have fun and participate in the fleet. And how I got involved was a quirky story. So. I started playing Star Trek Online in beta, and um, I didn't know anybody who was playing the game because I've always loved Star Trek, always been a Star Trek fan. And then I was playing it when it went live. I was in a fleet, that fleet died, went to another fleet, that fleet died. And then I played it by myself for about four or five months. Per chance, I ran into Kestra, who play, who's online. Her, she's known as Kestra. And I've known her for over 10 years. And I said, 
hey, what's this reference to Star Trek? Do you play Star Trek online? She goes, yeah. I'm like, really? I'm like, I do too. She couldn't believe it. So that's how I got introduced to Caspian Division, as its name was at the time, before we became Caspian Rising. So that's how I got in, started playing with them, uh, grew with them as a family, and here I am. So a little more about the fleet itself though, we do have 263 registered users with 487 characters on the Federation side and we have 182 characters on the Klingon side in the game. We have very simple rules and basically it's just five rules. One, have fun. Two, help each other. Three, enjoy the game. If you need help, just ask and there are no dumb questions. So that's a little bit about the background about the fleet and how I got involved. Very cool. Quite a fortuitous coincidence in that respect. Yeah, it was It was just per chance. I saw something on one of her page. I think it was MySpace or something like that. And something was mentioned of Star Trek Online. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, yeah, it was funny. That's great. So do you guys have a particular theme? Or do you have a role-playing aspect? Are you more just a sort of laid-back, help each other out? Do you do PvP, anything like that? Yeah, we transcend different genres. One thing that we are noted for is fashion. <laughs> and what I mean, yeah, we are we are the vogue of uh, Star Trek Online. Star Caspian Rising is the only fleet I know that would say, okay, let's go do a special task force. And we get our groups together and then we say, uh, what are you wearing? Nice. And, yeah. And so the true sure end game. We, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. The true end game. We color coordinate. We make sure we have the right outfits. And then we go out and do the special task force. Now, if it's in space, it doesn't matter. But if we're doing ground, we got to look good. So we do that. We do a lot of PvP. We love doing PvP. One of the best things that I enjoy about Caspian Rising is that we will do a shuttle PvP. We will get 20 people together. We will set the bar at 50 kills. And then we would go out there and decimate each other and shuttle PvP. We love it. We have the greatest time doing that. So we do PvP also with the bit regular ships as well. We do PvE all the time. And we're always trying to find ways to get uh, the fleet involved in, in activities, whether it's PvP, PvE, dancing at Earth Space Dock, making sure that we're color coordinated and looking good. That's excellent. So I take it fleet morale is no problem in that environment. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> That's one of the things uh, that we try to maintain is, is uh, good morale with uh, many activities, PvP, PvE, STFs. We join other fleets in their celebratory events when they uh, hit a milestone and then they're inviting other fleets. We try to have a presence there. We're also helping each other with our ship builds, making them better. We have that uh, DPS meter. So oh, we'll sure. go out and we'll do uh, PvP or whatever, or we'll go out and do a, you know, uh, an STF, an elite version. And then we go over the numbers, and then we sit there and we, we try to figure out how can we make our, our ships better. And we help each other with that, too, with builds and everything. Uh, we have this one person named Char who's amazing at at that can go into a PvP match against a Tier 5 fleet assault cruiser with a Tier 1 Miranda and still beat him. So, yeah, so we, we rely on him to help us out with our builds, and we help each other out. And then we have Kimmy, who's in our fleet, excellent science officer who goes out there. I, she, she will hold you in a PvP match, the whole match. Your ship will not move. It is the most frustrating thing ever. So <laughs> just pray you have a lot of defense. So, you know, we try to help each other out and make each other better in PvP. And every time we come up with a new build, we say, let's test it out. And then everybody comes in either to watch or join and... We just have a great time together. Sweet. 
So you mentioned getting involved with some other fleet's activities. What sort of ways do you get involved with the, the broader community as a fleet? One of the things that we do is we try to have an active presence with, you know, providing feedback for the developers. That is, to us, that is very, very important. Report any bugs that we encounter, always giving feedback on the forums, or if there's a new season that came out or a new episode or a new built, new something, we always run it together. If we have questions, we always tell our fleet members, get it on the forums, get it on the forums, let the devs know what's going on. So that's one way. The other way is uh, we have a fleet ambassador. His name is Bradford. So he's the one that goes out to different fleets. He represents Caspian Rising, and he will and he will work with them on creating events where they and us get together and we'll go do fleet marks or we'll go do PvP with each other, you know, just different events so that we are working with other people in the game because we're a community. It basically, it's just a, a very, very large family, and we want to uh, let others know that, hey, I know that we have our fleet, you have our fleet, but you know what? Let's, let's get together. Let's uh, laugh. Let's talk. Whether on your team speak, our team speak, and let's just have fun together in the game. Let's just keep it live. Let's keep it fresh. So we're trying to find ways to make it exciting for everybody. Events are one good way to do that with other fleets. For sure. So you've mentioned a few key individuals that have different roles in your fleet. What what can you tell us about the structure, like officer ranks and responsibilities and how you manage your fleet's resources and form groups? Sure, sure. All right, so we have three fleet leaders in the group. We have Balleramus, we have Woody Valley, and Black Magnum, myself. Oh, no, not I, Woody Valley. Woody Valley is one of our fleet leaders. That is right. <laughs> he's, the, he's the voice of reason because I'm sort of the, the um, ticking time bomb. And he's more the, the 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 voice of reason and baller. He he manages. He provides the updates on the progression of our star base, where we are with you know different projects for the bases and everything like that. So he and he also does the quarterly you know the the notes on what's going on with the fleet. So we we start out with rank. We have seven ranks in the fleet. The very first rank is cadet, and then you, cadet, then ensign, and operations. Those are the lower tiers. When you are an ensign and an operations, you can contribute to the star base. Now, if you're a cadet, you're in the fleet, but you're, there's really not much you can do. Uh, we do have a rank for military gamers for the active military. That's in our fleet. So we and we want to recognize all of our military. So we give them that rank, and then we have engineer. And they're basically the assistant department heads. So the military gamer and the engineer are the same rank, even though it's four and five. But uh, they is, they're assistant department heads. But if you are a fleet commander, which is rank six, you can also put in new projects for the Starbase, Embassy, Dilithium Mines, and Space Battle Zone, right? So you can add projects to that if you are the fleet commander, and then you have the fleet leaders. So that's, that's how the ranks go. So we, we try to actively promote. If the more, you, the more a person uh, participates and gets in there and we see that they want to help out then we'll promote them to a level where they can and uh, we want to make sure that people are active in the fleet doing that so you described yourself a little tongue-in-cheek as the ticking time bomb how would you describe your leadership style in the fleet all right i will start it with a joke and i always say it's my <laughs> way or out the airlock i like that <laughs> but <laughs> elijah I, will enjoy that too i'm sure <laughs> my way or out the airlock actually uh 
we're more we, we are a de- democratic society basically our roles as the fleet leader is to maintain the sanctity of the fleet and to if there's any problems that arise we are the go-to people that will go and resolve it as uh, silly as i am in person and enjoying having fun and yelling at my fleet members in the game uh, when a situation does come up, that's when I do get serious and I handle it accordingly. And we want to make sure that every there's a there's a resolution for any problem. And so we, we, we as a fleet leaders will talk about it, we'll discuss it, and then we will go back and try and resolve the issue. So as far as my style, I'm here. To me, everybody is on equal terms. And my title as a fleet leader is just that title, but it's used when needed. And that's when a situation comes up where, you know, because we're such a tight family, family fights. And and I'm not saying Caspian Rising fights all the time. We do not, to be honest with you. So if if there's a situation internally comes up, that's when I have to jump into leader mode and assess it, discuss it, and then resolve it. Or if needed for fleet relations then people are like oh who's the fleet leader we need to talk to somebody about something we need your help that's when i jump in and i say hey you could talk to me baller or woody and we're all happy to help you what can we do to help you out and then we and if we need to rally people from caspian rising hey i need these people to do i need people to jump in and help out this other fleet doing whatever it is they need then we get the group and we go out and take care of it and help them out so it's you know the the style is hey we're all one but when the time comes for you know you need representation or you need a decision maker that's when we come in and jump in and you under that title of fleet leader absolutely i have not ever done anything like that in sto but in other games i have been involved in guild leadership and i think i think you hit it on the button there you know you hear about people going on like power trips and stuff like that but this is a game you know people can just click two buttons and and not be under your so-called authority anymore like you're right on with that exactly and we're we're, we are not here to lord it over trust me you would be shocked that i was a fleet leader by the way everyone talks to me (laughs) in game they're like shut up black magnum (laughs) but but it's all in fun you know and we want everyone to have fun i mean it's like we go back to the to the five rules that we have number one is have fun and I want everyone in our fleet to have fun, and we want to be helpful to each other. We just want to enjoy the game. If we wanted troubles, we turn the game off and enjoy real life. <laughs> exactly. You know? So that's that's the way I look at it. Bot on. What sort of methods do you guys use for fleet communication? Do you have a website? Do you use TeamSpeak? Do you mostly focus on your in-game fleet chat and uh, in-game PM channels, that sort of thing? Yeah, yeah, I actually prefer smoke signals, but people are getting my words mixed up, so now I have to resort to TeamSpeak. So we use <laughs> TeamSpeak on, on the internet, so that is our voice. We recommend that anyone who plays in Caspian get on TeamSpeak. We do have several that uh, in our fleet that are, uh, are actually mute, so they use the text-to-speak in the TeamSpeak, and we got to make sure we can hear them we turn it on. And uh, but TeamSpeak is a great resource that we use. We also have a website, which is www.caspiandivision.com or www.caspian-division.com. And we ask people to register on the site, and we confirm their emails to make sure they're real people, because we have been getting people to trying to hack our site, you know. And I'm sure other fleets, you know, have to deal with that as well. 
So uh, we, we do that so you can actually access the website itself. And then once you're able to get on the website, we use it for quarterly updates on Starbase progression, or um, like if somebody has to go away for work or whatever for a length of period of time, uh, people will put in, hey, I'll be gone between here and there. That way we're not worried and thinking they died or something. We have the, our fleet relations section where it has links to other fleets that we work with. And that way we can click on the link and go to their fleet, see what's going on in their world. Uh, we actually have a new division on Caspian. And it, it was a brainchild of the Caspian group called Caspian Studios. And the reason why is a lot of the people that have podcasts out there, and we support everyone's podcasts. That's one thing I like about Caspian. We listen to all kinds of podcasts. I mean, half the fleet listens to Priority One. And, um, well, I certainly appreciate that. Yeah, it's our pleasure. <laughs> you know, so I don't have a, <laughs> I have no problem plugging you. So, I mean, half the fleet, every, everybody knows who your names and who you are, and they listen to you. And so we, we have Caspian Studios, and we have a brand new podcast out there called Club 602. It is a non-sci-fi podcast that we do. What we do is we turn the microphone on and we talk for a couple hours. And it's, it's sometimes we're arguing, sometimes we're debating, we're discussing the news, you know, things like that. And, and, it's, and it's a lot of fun. And what we, the reason why we did that is we wanted people in Caspian to come down to the studio. We have a core group of people. There's about four of us that, you know, originally started it. And then what we do is we ask people in Caspian, hey, you want to come down and do the podcast with us? And then they come down and they give their opinions and we talk about things and we're offending each other and it's great. So, <laughs> you know, we're having a good time. I think it, it, you know, it gets, it's great when you have fresh people come in and they're like, well, I have an opinion about this. I have an opinion about that. And it's just, and that way we could just sit the sci-fi aside for a second and just talk about everyday life. And that's how we really get to know each other. And then um, we also have, you know, other members that are in different uh, podcasts on the internet that are sci-fi, Star Trek, and all that related. And we want to promote them as well. So that's where Caspian Studios comes in. Wow, that's so, very impressive. Yeah, it's great. I, that and, and, and we're just trying to find different ways to get the, the fleet engaged, to bring more traffic to the website. So that's one of the ways that we came up with. It seems like a good way to get to know people out of character, if you will. Not that you're necessarily role-playing, per se, but breaking that ice of, you know, we're all here to play Star Trek. Exactly. We're all real people. I know that when in game we have our personas. Some people are like really tiny people at two feet five inches tall, or <laughs> we have people that want to be seven feet nine, and then everybody in between. But And we're, we all have our character names. You know, we, we want to try and get to know each other outside of that as well, because we are real people. We have lives. We have families. We have, you know, things going on in our own worlds. And uh, with that Club 602 is a great genre for us to get to know each other. Yeah, I mean, it's a saying? huge fleet, so I'm it's sure you have players nice. from all around the world. Oh, my goodness. We have players all around the world. We have some in Germany. We have in the U.K. We have some in Australia. We have uh, Canada, um, the United States, of course. So we have, we, I mean, it's like the sun never sets on Caspian. I'm going to make a bold statement. The sun never sets on Caspian <laughs> because we're around the world. I believe and, it. And, uh, you know, and the ages range from, you know, 15 to, goodness, 60, 70, whatever. 
somewhere up in that range, age range. And, you know, a lot of them have families. A lot of them are younger. Some are still in college. And it's it's just like a big, very, very, very large family. Appropriate for Star Trek, I think. Very exactly. universal appeal. And that's what we want. We do have that. One thing I do want to say, and, and I'm very proud of this about Caspian, is we are very accepting of everyone everyone we are a proud i'm not going to say sponsor i'm trying to think of the proper word proud supporter of the lgbt community we have a large community in our fleet and you know everyone is on equal plane as as long as you're having fun having a good time you're contributing that's what really matters and we embrace everyone in our fleet fantastic that does bring me to one other question that i almost forgot how does someone join just ask, you know, and and you'll see, people see us in game, and a lot of the times uh, people have said, "Oh, well, I did a pug group with you, and you guys, I, I liked how you guys worked, and you guys were good." And is how do I get involved in the fleet? And then we would tell them, "Hey, just go to the website, go ahead and register, sign up. We'll bring you into the fleet, but before we promote you, we want you to get on Teamspeak. We want to make sure you're a live person. So the fastest way to go from cadet to ensign is to get on Teamspeak." And then automatically you're promoted. So it's really easy. We don't have rigid rules. You don't have to fill out a questionnaire. And then we do three interviews. And then we meet <laughs> and, you know, decide if this person is good for us. And we don't ask you, why should we hire you or anything like that. So you just have to ask. And then and then we'll help you through that process. Cool. I like that bit about getting on TeamSpeak. I haven't heard uh, anything quite like that before. That's very unique. Yeah, yeah. We just want to verify that these people are real. You know, I, I can't blame I, you. Yeah. <laughs> you got to remember, we had our fleet stolen from us. You know, our original name was Caspian Division. And then when we were at fleet, our fleet was at tier 4.5. And someone came in through the back door, uh, hacked into one of the fleet leaders accounts. And at the time, you know, it was like half the fleet was a fleet leader. But then you get these mm-hmm. people that haven't played for a while. It's easy to uh, access their account because they haven't changed their password recently. And they got in, stole the fleet, kicked everybody out. And, you know, that that really hurt. That that stung like nobody's end. And then that's why we came with Caspian Rising because it meant Phoenix rising out of the flames. To, you know, and we said, you know, and that person who stole our fleet offered as ransom to give us the fleet back. We said, no, we'd rather start over. You can have it. And we did. And so we're, we, are, we are nearing the light at the end of the tunnel of getting Tier 5 on our uh, Starbase. And that was with the help of many other uh, fleets. That, for that, we're forever indebted. Well, kudos to you guys for bringing it back. I remember hearing about all that going down, and it was just terrible. Imagining that happening I to you know, my own fleet at the time. At the, I, I was involved with Reddit Alert the, uh, from the STO subreddit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously now I'm in uh, Priority 1 as well. Just uh, unreal. Yeah, it, it, it was, I, I cried. I, I was just beside myself. I, I couldn't believe it. And, you know, because when you put all that time and effort and resources, some people spent real money, real mm-hmm. life money on developing that Starbase. We were so close. And then to have it snuffed away and taken away, they stole the, the Federation and the Klingon Starbase from us, you know, and that hurt. That really stung. So, you know, we said, you know what? We could sit here and cry about it or we could do something even one step better. Start over and show them that they didn't stop us. And we did. I think you've definitely demonstrated that. Yeah. Well, so we're, we're proud to be where we are. And again, we are humbled 
by the community involvement when when that happened to us people were reaching out to us left and right and we we can never say thank you enough to them for everyone that helped us out well on that note before we wrap things up are there any shout outs that you want to give fleet members friends of yours in game yeah whatever um, you want all right all right i know i know this is a podcast but i want to i want to give shout outs to those that are uh in caspian who are doing other podcasts in the game so i first want to give a shout out to club 602 that's with will raul and art and myself anthony and then we have the other people like trekkie girls admiral tade bradford who comes on and other members of caspian who join us to keep that thing going strong we're already at episode 21 um i like to give a shout out to terry lynn nick and mike at the gnt show love those guys love their shows sometimes i i haven't been able to listen live because uh they do it at 6 a.m. on Sunday mornings, my time, and half the time I'm sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> I like to give a shout-out to Glenn and Steve at Tribbles and Ecstasy. Also, George, Ross, and Adrian at Starfinder. And um, also want to give a shout-out to the crew at Trek Radio. I also want to give a shout-out to Priority One for allowing us to come over here and get our uh, name out there and, and let people know who we are. Glad to have you. I love doing these Fleet Admiral interviews. It's a it's a great way to learn more about our, our small but huge world of star trek fandom in the game i think it's one of the best communities out there ever and i'm so happy to be a part of that well captains that just about wraps it up for this week's community spotlight let's open up hailing frequencies and find out what's coming in in feedback message coming in sir hailing frequencies open see we are getting to know each other all right, Captains, our feedback comes in for episode 177. And our impromptu community question was, is it Rysian or Rysian? Our first piece of feedback comes from Aqua Shusen, and they write, first of all, good show as always. Now, on to the question. It is pronounced Ryza and Rysian. The S sounds like a Z. Picard says it like that, and a few other people in a few episodes of TNG and Deep Space Nine say it Ryza. Riker only seems to be the one to say Risa. But either way, I guess it's fine to call it whatever you want. Also, glad Cookie had fun on her thingy. You know, the Mall of America thing. The thingy. Oh. You know. I thought it was a reference to the floater. Dan Kotcheiser commented via PriorityOnePodcast.com. Hi all. I pronounce it as Rizian. And I really think they dropped the ball on the luxury cruiser. I really think that if they had done a unique interior to the ship that included what was behind those big windows, this would have made the majority of players happy. They choose not to do this and so drop the ball on making their players happy. Rizian summer event is otherwise very fun and I think a fun use of my game time. And I agree, uh, I am disappointed that there isn't a custom interior because like with the Breen ships, once they introduced a second one this year, they added an interior. I think we hoped that with a second Rizian ship, we would get a Rizian interior. They did remark on that, that they wanted to do it, but there were some behind-the-scenes constraints that kept them from doing so. I, I just hope for it next year, because I like the ships a lot. Both of them are ships I would use. I flew my Corvette quite a bit in the Dyson Sphere. Uh, I'm really looking forward to the yacht. So, I agree with Dan. On the Star Trek Online forum post for this episode, Kazumiyur Karen writes... Great show! I kind of combine the two pronunciations and say Rysian. So that's two for Rysian that we have so far. 
Coming to us via Twitter, Coupon writes, at Cookie Cupcakes, your way is the correct way to say it. Just saying. Great episode. Oh, well, there please. we have it. Yeah, there there's we have the definitive it. Definitive answer. There, yeah, there was there's... a reason why I had you read that one, Elijah. Yeah, well, there's no. Yeah, well, I may have read it, but I died a little bit inside. <laughs> and... But it sounds so authoritative coming from you that we just want to believe it. We also heard from Taco Fangs, aka Tumor Boy, uh, via Twitter. Hold on. It's supposed to be LOL. No, no, no. No, I miscounted. Hold on. There's seven trolls. <laughs> also, Cookie Cupcakes, that was the worst fake crying I've heard. You know what? He, he just loves to give me a hard time. Last time he sent me a tweet with a video of Barney saying, Two plus two is four. Two plus two is four. Two plus for ten minutes long. It was ten minutes long that video. Uh. I was in it for about like maybe two to four minutes into it. I forgot until I turned it off. I was like, forget this. I don't know what he's doing. I'm not watching this anymore. Between between that and then Barney. You guys, if you look at my app replies, oh my God. you can see the video for yourselves. I will. I don't I'll... recommend watching it for very long. Orangitis commented on the Star Trek online forum post for this episode. Whatever the pronunciation was in the TV series, to be fair, I don't remember what it was either. Or even if they said it at all. Well, they did say it. In the game at the 24 minute mark, the uh, little Judd girl says it. And I think she says it the way I say it, and Elijah thinks she says it the way he says it, so who knows? Sean Newboy writes via PriorDomePodcast.com. Fun episode, everybody. You know what? I got to talk to Sean Newboy. He was, I saw him in game. I was like, oh, you're Sean Newboy. And he was like, yeah. And he got on TeamSpeak and talked to me because he seems like he's such a nice guy. We also got some feedback on the Axonar trailer. Uh, Will Paceu wrote on Facebook, almost had to wipe the drool off my keyboard. Which concerns me, because that does that mean you didn't wipe it off the keyboard? Is it still there right now, Will? <laughs> <laughs> but I've got to agree, it was awesome, awesome trailer. Albert Rivera wrote on Facebook, Wow, I'm blown away. To say the quality of fan-made movies is going up is an understatement. This is off the charts. Axanar just got my attention. You know, I you know we've been working with um, Alec Peters to promote Star Trek Axanar um, for quite some time now, um, and I you know I, I was a little concerned that you know listeners would be like, why do they keep bringing him on? But I'm really hoping this was something that that um, I was sold on. You know, when after speaking with him, I think a lot of you of the team here at Priority One was sold on, and this trailer, I mean, just just locked it in. You know, this guy is producing some quality stuff. Um, and something that I think we will all enjoy, uh, some Trek that we really deserve to have. Um, and, you know, the interesting thing is that um, if I understood correctly, Tommy Kraft, who is producing Star Trek Horizon, actually rendered uh, a lot of the and, and worked a lot on a lot of the video for Star Trek Axanar. So you can expect to see a lot of that same amazing special effect and uh and visual style i would think when following star trek horizon so you know i think these are two um very good projects that that uh that could really take track in a whole new direction 
I had goosebumps when I watched it. I kind of thought I, I thought um, Tony Todd reminded me of Morpheus. Uh, Risa at Star Trek Risa tweeted, "Well, I'm not usually a fan of fan films, but this looks amazing, very JJ like, which yeah, I'm gonna pick at now here a little bit." Um, hashtag Star Trek. Hashtag Make It So. I mean, the some of the the. Um, cinematography the, the or the cinematic sweeps of the whole of the ship especially as the cannons are shooting yeah it felt it felt a little bit like the first star trek movie as the camera is panning on the kelvin uh especially during the fight with um the narada but um it's not it, it's not the lens flare is very much controlled right like i i really i really appreciated what they did with the axonar trailer much more than what than JJ, right? Because it was just, you know, flash, 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 flash. Um, this is tasteful. You know, I really, I really, really enjoyed it. I think it rivals that of JJ. Uh, my interpretation of that as JJ-like is just, it's seeing Star Trek with modern, current production values and right, really right. good CG, which okay. we haven't really seen before. But that's, that's just how I took it. Art Vasquez commented on Facebook, Awesome. JJ's crew can learn something from fan-made films like this and Star Trek Continues. Ooh. It's true. I mean, when it comes... Well, it's not just JJ, but I mean, I think, I think Paramount and CBS, you know, they... I think for a while, CBS and Paramount have, you know, completely turned away from uh, independent film projects and now with production quality as high as that of renegades or continues and and now axonar and 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 likely star trek horizon uh somebody's gonna have to turn turn their head and and raise a brow and go "Mm, we should probably be paying attention to these now um you know this could be this could be this could be the opportunity for CBS to say, "Oh, this is our Netflix series." You know, we'll, we'll it may be, maybe, you know, you never know. There's always all these rumors about Netflix getting Star Trek, but Azurian Star writes on the Star Trek online forum post for this episode. Axanar. That trailer to Axanar is really powerful, especially Tony Todd's speech at the end. If the full length is just as powerful, be great if CBS blesses it with canonization well captains each week our social media channels are busy with your thoughts your opinions your suggestions for the show so please keep them coming you can reach out to us on facebook.com forward slash priority one podcast or follow us on twitter at sto priority one you can also shoot us an email to incoming at priority one podcast.com Well, that wraps up episode 178 of Priority One Podcast, recorded live on Trek Radio starting at around 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 7.30 p.m. Pacific Time. And you can subscribe by pointing your podcast catcher at feeds.priorityonepodcast.com. Captains, you know we love hearing from you, so let us know what you think of the show. If you have any ideas, if something we said triggered a thought, an opinion, by all means, send it over to us at incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com or on the official forum post for this episode on the Star Trek Online forums. Stay in touch with us throughout the week by following our social media websites. Head on over to Facebook.com slash PriorityOnePodcast and give us a like. Or check us out on Twitter via at STO Priority One. You can even join the Priority One Podcast chat in-game. Just type forward slash channel underscore join space Priority 1. 
Captains, we want to thank you for your ongoing support of Priority One Podcast. You can continue to support Priority One with real-world donations by helping us reach our monthly financial goals. We are all volunteers, and we could use your help with purchasing new equipment, hosting fees, or to alleviate travel expenses as we cover conventions on location. We'd love to see you at the Star Trek Las Vegas convention. A very special thanks to everyone who has already contributed and continues to do so on a recurring basis. Without your ongoing support, we would not be able to bring you the content you've grown to enjoy from Priority One Podcast. And don't forget to tune in to Priority One Productions' Guard Frequency Podcast at GuardFrequency.com. It's a pretty good show. You should check it out. Priority One Fleet is recruiting. If you're interested in joining us, just shoot us an email with your ad handle and we'll be sure to send you an invite. The email is incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. A special thanks to our guest, Fleet Admiral Anthony Battles, a.k.a. Black Magnum, of Caspian Rising. Thanks to the entire team behind Priority One Podcast, including our audio engineer, Skiffy, our audio assistant, Ben Churchill, and to Midnight Shadow 7 for his ongoing assistance editing our shows week to week. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Thanks to our syndication partners, Epic Gamer Radio, Subspace Radio, and Trek Radio. Special thanks to our sponsor, Seulita.com. But, most importantly, Captains, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek online community, our listeners. Without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible. Red alert. Shields up. Ready weapon. Engage. blog describe it as oh a uh, <laughs> well, i don't know when i'm supposed you, to come in that's fine well whenever yeah no that's that's okay. fine i mean you know just try not to sound like it was oh, absolutely well. scripted <laughs> i am reading <laughs> i wasn't sure when to come in you're fine magic giggity hello children hello children hey everybody have you seen my no i'm sorry <laughs> In our community segment this week, we spotlight Caspian Rising. Uh, not Rising. See? You see? Rising, Risa. I just don't, can't freaking handle it anymore. You're welcome, Elijah. It's my pleasure. <laughs> you know what? I didn't know who that was. <laughs> I didn't know that right. that was Elijah. That was you? Oh, yeah, that was me. That was wow, me. you sound really good as a girl. All right, <laughs> we're in in five, four, Three, two. Stupid nav won't get out of my face. <laughs> anyway, it's hi, Captains. If you're just tuning in to us, you're listening to the live recording of episode 178 of Priority One Podcast. And there's a little gnat that's just kind of being a gnat. All right, so we are at Trek It Out. 
Um, I'm gonna hit the big. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna hit the big red button. Do it real deep and sexy too. Deep and sexy. A very special thanks to our guests, Fleet Admiral Black Magnum. <laughs> I can't do the sexy voice with that. <laughs> That's totally not okay. <laughs> well, here, let me reread that. Q Pen writes <laughs> Cookie Cupcakes, your way is the correct way to say it. Just saying. Great episode. Whatever. Now, I'm not. Q Pen? The Q Pen? The Q Pen? That is not. A, I'm not. I'm not saying that that's you. I'm not saying. Cupan is you. live in the chat right now. I know. By I know. Way, if you didn't I know. know that. Okay. I know, just making sure. That I'm not. I'm not saying that that's you. But I'm. I'm reading. That is my interpretive reading for Cookie Cupcakes to have heard that. Just. What? That is not even. <laughs> no. I read it like. Your way is the correct way to say it. Just saying. Great episode. That's how I heard it in mine. In I my head. I think so. I think so. Every everybody inside her head is like. I'm singing in the rain. No. Sparkle ponies. Sparkle ponies, yes. I'm always wearing pink in her when she thinks of me. I'm in a pink outfit. I should wear pink more often. It's sexy. Just saying. I I look good in pink. I know you probably do. You know what, guys? Shut up. I like black. (laughs) All right, let's go. Let's move on. Or maybe a really dark gray. Give me a really dark gray. Like my soul. This is Skippy coming to you from the audio booth, and I have an extra special treat for you today. Performed by the hosts of Priority One, we have an exclusive world premiere presentation of the new hit single entitled Ode to Taco Fair.